This is Professor Pete Alexander with the Winning a Business in Life podcast, where business leaders share their insights. It is six questions in seven minutes because successful business leaders are busy and rarely have more time to spare. So let's get to it. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell me who you are and what you do. Well, Professor Pete, uh, it's an honor to be here with you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Joe Perez and I'm a senior systems analyst and team lead for the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, worked there for three years. Before that, I was a um, business intelligence specialist at NC State University. I worked at the university for 25 years after having been a school teacher, having earned my uh, doctoral degree in secondary education, um, was a school teacher for 10 years, rose up through the ranks at NC State, um, I was that I unexpectedly ended my career there after 25 years. Uh, and I say unexpectedly because uh, Health and Human Services recruited me away from NC State. Wasn't even looking for a job and they wanted somebody. So I became their senior systems analyst and team lead. Uh, and I absolutely enjoy my job with, with, um, with DHHS. Joe, it's so great to have you on the show. Question number two, what's the best thing about working in your industry? Um, the best thing about working in my industry, um, I would say with, with, all the, with all the neat things that I get to do as a, as a senior systems analyst, I get to liaise between high-level business uh, people on one side of the spectrum and high-level technical people on the other um, and um, bring them together utilizing my communication skills and technical skills and negotiation skills to get them to agree upon solutions that'll work for everybody. While at the same time understanding that I'm doing this for the people of North Carolina, for the, those that are the most needy. Now, it, it isn't a direct thing uh, because, you know, I'm not the social worker um, who uh, takes care of the children. I'm not a behavioral scientist who uh, develops an action plan uh, for a kid with ADHD. Um, I am not the, the field worker that delivers meals to needy families, you know, but uh, I do indeed uh, provide the data that the decision makers use in knowing how to deploy those valuable resources um, and, and knowing that I had a part uh, in making it happen by ensuring that the data gets to where it needs to be. Well, you know, that, that's something you can't put a price tag. And, uh, uh, I have to remind myself of that. It keeps me going. Uh, and when people in my team don't remember it, then, you know, I, I, I encourage them to, to think about that and that'll help keep them going as well. Great perspective. Thank you so much. Question number three, I have a fictitious book with all the answers for business. What chapter would you think most companies should read? That's a good question. I would have to say the chapter um, the chapter would be eat your own dog food and use your own stuff. All right. <laughs> now that sounds silly, but uh, I'll explain, you know, people need to take ownership for the things that they do. Okay. Um, they will tend to give you the best product. Uh, if what they're doing is something that they believe in and, uh, if they know that they're going to be held responsible, 
for the things that they do and for the product that they produce. Now, that seems like a pretty radical departure on you know what the normal interpretation of that phrase is. But if you think about it, uh, the way you eat your own dog food uh, and use your own stuff is essentially taking ownership uh, for the things that you do and knowing that what you do and the way you do it makes a difference, makes an impact in your customer's life. Mm -hmm. I really like that chapter. Great suggestion. Question number four, other than the generic work harder, have a great attitude and care for customers, what advice or insight would you give to other business leaders? I'd say it's the same thing that I told a group of um, HR professionals that I talked to when I was speaking at the SHRM conference this, this past summer. Um, I would say to them, it's important to view your employees not as a cost to be justified, but as an asset to be invested in. See, no matter, uh, it's not so much how much they're getting paid or how nice their office is or uh, whatever perks they might get, but in how much they are worth to you personally, okay? Um, people tend to enjoy their jobs more when they feel valued. And nothing says you are important to this organization more than giving, uh, having a manager who's going to listen to you, who pays attention to your needs, your opinions, your ideas, your goals, okay? And um, uh, the other thing is empowerment. Uh, uh, people who work for me need to know that they have both both the means and the ability to do their jobs, okay? Touching a little on education here, okay? As an educator and an IT professional, you know, making sure folks have adequate training is really a big deal with me. And, and when you do that, okay, right? Showing your people that they are a vital part of the success of your organization and treating them accordingly, man, you'd be surprised as to how hard they'll work and how loyal they're going to be. All right. Um, it's like Richard Branson said, train your people well enough so they can leave, treat them well enough so they don't want to. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is so much in alignment with research that I, I did many years ago on w trying to retain and attract uh, technical professionals. And hands down, well over 60% of the people who would leave their job did it because of a poor relationship with their manager. So it's totally in alignment with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Question number five, what other business leader like yourself would you like to acknowledge and invite to be on my podcast? I have to say, uh, narrow it down to two, um, Matt Crump and Sherry McManus. Okay. Matt Crump is an absolute dynamo. I mean, he's a, he's a life coach, he's a speaker, author, host, uh, he's a counselor, he's a family man. I mean, you name it, you know, he's done it, okay? He's full of integrity, life, uh, excellence in, in what he does. Uh, he's, uh, he perseveres in, this, in spite of any adversity that he's gone through, and he really, he really knows what he's, what he's talking about. He's got what he calls grit, all right? Uh, if you don't know what that means, just ask him. He'll, he'll tell you. It's a trademark. You can't go wrong with, with Matt Crump. Secondly, I'd have to say Sherry McManus. 
Sherry is also a phenomenal leader. Um, she's, uh, she's in the leadership training, helping businesses Im improve their, their processes. She does executive coaching, uh, a whole myriad of things. I mean, she's a great speaker in her own right. I've got to say, she's, she's a really neat combination of both being practical and professional together at the same time. I mean, she is just as nice as the day is long. I mean, she does everything with, with, with finesse. And you're going to thoroughly enjoy interviewing Sherry McManus. She's a real jewel. And at the same time, she's the real deal. Wonderful. I'll reach out to both of them. Thank you for those referrals. And sure. our final question, question number six, please tell me about your first job. My first job. Um, well, you know, like most, most other kids, um, I worked in a, in a restaurant, uh, bussing tables, cleaning up the kitchen and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, I cleaned up the, the, the buildings and the school where I worked and even sold frozen freezer food plans over the telephone uh, during that time. But my first real uh, job, you might say, uh, full-time, you know, job as, as an, was as an adult uh, in my college years. I worked for the North Carolina, no, excuse me, the Florida Department of Agriculture. Uh, I was a uh, citrus crop forecast survey technician, something like that was my title. Uh, me and uh, a couple of other college guys would ride around in the back of a Jeep that was driven by our boss, uh, Mr. Forrest. Uh, he was a wonderful man. Uh, we'd go through all the um, orange groves in the state of Florida. Well, not every single one of them, there's so many. Uh, designated ones, and designated trees, designated limbs on the tree. And our job was to count the fruit. But not all the fruit in the tree, that would take forever. It would only be a certain branch that was marked. Um, and it was really interesting the way they figured out what branch to mark. Uh, it was all, all kinds of scientific formulas and things that they would use to uh, uh, mark those branches ahead of time. And, and it was, you know, it might sound boring to some people, but it wasn't easy. You didn't get to pick the limb where you count the fruit. Uh, and, and you had to keep track of your count, okay, because, you know, your count, uh, and the count of all the other members of your limb count crew would be tabulated together with all the other limb count crews all over the state. And by the end of the summer, they would tabulate everything, put everything all together, you know, and, uh, and come up with the, the forecast survey. That is, they would forecast what the citrus crop was going to be in the state of Florida. Believe it or not, they were pretty accurate. It was above 90-something percent. Now, although it sounds like a boring job, it was exciting and it was fun and it was really hard work too, you know, and lessons that I learned there uh, would stay, you know, through the rest of my life, okay? I, I learned perseverance and, and being really patient because it wasn't too easy to count the limbs, excuse me, the fruit on just one limb, especially if it's intertwined and tangled up with another limb, you know, you'd have to trace it out all the way to the end and not, not lose count, not lose track of where you're at. Uh, the determination and, and, and de uh, dependence upon other members of your team, uh, especially when you're up high, uh, 10, 20 feet up in the air, some cases and other groves, there's this one grove that um, uh, had trees in it that were built, built that were planted before World War I. Uh, in the case, they were uh, grapefruit trees and some of those limbs were like 40, 30, 40 feet up in the air. Uh, you have to depend upon your others because when you're 10 feet up in the air on a swaying trunk you know you, you have uh, if you have a hard time getting down you depend on your other team members to help you 
uh, the perseverance of going all the way to the end of the branch, especially when it's hot and you're sweaty and a branch snaps back and gets smacked in the face with a bunch of powdered pesticides. So, uh, but it was a great experience and especially the patience and the firmness and the kindness and the encouragement of our boss, Mr. Forrest, went a long way. As a matter of fact, we're, my, my family and I uh, and his family, you know, stayed friends for decades thereafter. So wonderful experience as a limb count crew member. Great story. Thank you so much. And Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people find you? Sure. Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. Look me up, uh, uh, Dr. Joe Perez uh, on LinkedIn. My uh, handle ends in JW Perez. You can find me on Sessionize at sessionize.com forward slash Joe dash Perez. And then my own personal website is drjoeperez.com. Wonderful. This is Professor Pete Alexander with the Winning a Business in Life podcast. Thanks for listening. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.